Hello and welcome to another Sebastian's Pub podcast. I'm here with uh, Rohit, as always. Rohit, it, it was a win, so it's now a two-game winning streak in overtime. It is. It is a two-game winning streak. Um, yeah, was not obviously probably one of our weaker performances overall of the season. Definitely on offense, and there's something to be said for being able to escape with a win, even in circumstances like that, where it just clearly did not have the the A game going um, in multiple ways. So it, it's funny, like, I wouldn't go so far as to say it makes up for the Georgia Tech game, but the, the Georgia Tech game was one that we thoroughly outplayed the opponent were the more physical dominant dominant team really you know if you look at kind of the stat lines and manage to lose um and yes of course we didn't really lose or definitely could have taken a knee and won etc but the fact that that game was even a one score game was was pretty telling and here like you know i mean you look at the stat line or even watch that game, just the eye test, like I'm not sure the better team actually won the game (laughs) this week. So, you know, it's nice to be on that side of it, but you can't really take too much pleasure in it because it just wasn't a very strong performance. Right. And, and to your point, it's, it's actually, it's very hard to win a game, which the Canes obviously did when you're, Outgained by 101 yards. They had 377. The Canes had 276. Lose the time of possession by nine minutes, uh, 34 and a half to 25 and a half. Lose the turnover battle two to one and still come out of there with a win. Is a, it's a hell of a <laughs> hell of a thing because, like you said, uh, we kind of feel like we've probably been more on the other end of, of these types of games uh and and to to be on the right side of it is certainly a a a good good change in that sense it's not good that the the game you know uh, unfolded that way and and we're gonna we're gonna talk about you know the offensive struggles and some of the defensive ones as well i think they came out relatively well in comparison to the offense but there's also a lot to kind of look at in and you know you don't you don't get thirty four and a half minutes of time of possession without you know giving up a lot of of first downs and that's the other twenty four first downs for Virginia Tech, Virginia sixteen for Miami you know that that's those long drives that's where the time position all feeds into itself so I thought I thought it was it was a pretty poor overall performance but the result was good again Virginia is now two and six. Now we did talk about how they played a bunch of close ACC games. They're certainly better than than that record, um, but yeah, I think the the surprising thing wasn't that you know it wasn't that Virginia you know hung around, found themselves in a close game, and then the Canes pulled it out. It was kind of the opposite. You know, there were several plays, especially in the fourth quarter, where it looked like Virginia might have an opportunity to put the game away, and and didn't um and including the you know the last their last drive where you know they're probably a first in away from being able to attempt a field goal um so yeah just a lot a lot of question marks other than of course Borgalis. no question marks there and actually that is 
that's the main reason you can you know lose by like get out game by 100 yards lose the turnover battle and, and still win the game is when your kickers is making you know three field goals that are you know in the high 40 slash 50 plus yards that's all the hidden yardage because you know virginia's kicking 25 30 yard field goals and we're kicking 50 yard field goals there's the same points with the you know 20 to 30 yard difference and that ultimately is the type of thing that allowed the canes to get out of there but whew, it was it was a struggle yeah and, and i think the you know it was just it was kind of like that all day I and mean, it wasn't it, it, you know it was it was the borgales yardage difference and then we got a pick six which you know they just it's a gift, right? That you don't, you don't always get those, those two things were enough to just compensate for what was it? You know, it wasn't like, I wouldn't say we got dominated by any means, but, but they were, they were just better from, from the jump. I mean, from the opening drives, um, kind of all the way through. Um, but, you know, I think, the the bright side is that this team is showing an ability to to just weather the storm and kind of stay the course for for an entire game fourth quarter and beyond and like there's a lot of you know mantras about that and and a real emphasis on fourth quarter program and being ready to play 60 minutes or more but they really are i mean they they're really fu- kind of following through on that, living up to it. But the crazy thing, like, I, it was almost like our tackling got better <laughs> towards the end of the game and in overtime than it had been throughout the game, just for example. And we were able to run the ball, obviously, effectively in the overtime to close the game out. Um, so so that's promising. I mean, just that, like, we it, – it's almost like if you, if you come in – if you weren't expecting – us to dominate a game like this like I think we all kind of were like of course we say Virginia has been getting better they beat North Carolina they've been playing these close games I don't think any of us were like yeah so that means it'll be like a tight game I think every we all thought Miami would would win probably with a little more ease and probably you know dominating the stat line or at least at least being being on the the side of it with more yards, et cetera. And, and it just didn't happen at all. Um, and so to still be able to win, I think is, is good for the, the program, good for kind of confidence and camaraderie and all that. Um, but the thing is, is not, is it, is it sustainable? Right. And like, um, we've had teams like this that, even fairly recently that you sort of like, well, they just found a way to win. They just know how to win. I mean, um, you know, the 2017 team was kind of like that. And then it, it petered out. Um, the 2013 Al Golden team was very much like that. Got to, I think, like 7-0 and by like, you know, just nail-biter after nail-biter and having performances like, what we just saw against Virginia against the likes of, of a, a crappy Wake Forest team at the time at home and pulling out the game and going undefeated and the whole season went downhill. So you're just going into this home stretch. I mean, we're positioned probably right where we 
ought to be. Um, can't really complain about the overall record given how we've played. And we've got these four games that are really going to kind of make or break it. So it's, it's a nice position to be in, but a little bit, uh, you know, just cautious because as much as we feel like we're leaving some meat on the bone, it's possible that this is what the team is. Right. And we just need, we're going to have to find a way to make it dirty and gut it out. And that's not where you want to be. If you want to consistently be, you know, a top tier team, you got to just coast in these games. You got to be able to crush these teams and we're just not capable of it quite yet. So, um, hoping we see something trending in that direction. Yeah, I, I will say what, what surprised me, um, and and I don't, um, I, I I don't necessarily um, say that I didn't think it would it would be. Cl- I think I picked us to win by seventeen or something. So certainly I didn't expect it to be a tight tight game, but um, I did. One the one thing I was worried about, which transpired, was you know coming out flat without energy and allowing Virginia to get a foothold in the game. Cause once they do that, that's when they're allowed to run their slow patient game and, um, you know, work the clock down and, and, um, and, and do all the things they were able to do there to kind of control the tempo of the game. And again, be patient with their running game, be patient with these slow methodical drives, a lot of which led to no points, but just kept our offense on the field you know, wear the defense down and and I both Gidry and Dawson, you know, in their in their comments this week said that yeah, the team was flat, there was low energy. And um and I don't understand how how that's possible. You know, it happened against Georgia Tech and um it bit us. We can all talk about the the, the events that kinda transpired at the end there, but you know, like you said, how is that a one possession game in the first place? A lot of it is because we wasted an entire half, and we did that again here. Um, so I think there's, you know, you, you thought maybe they've learned a lesson, you know, shouldn't do that again. Virginia did beat North Carolina last week, so you're, you know, you're thinking, all right, this is, you know, that, that should at least prevent us from overlooking them. And I don't even know that we overlooked them. It was just, an, it was a very flat, energyless performance to begin with both offensively and defensively. And once it, once it started going downhill that way, it's very hard to turn those around. Like I know Virginia's two and six and I know, um, you know, we should beat them. And frankly, they're two and six because you can play as bad as we just didn't win a game anyway. <laughs> that says something about the team losing that game as well. Um, but, you know, I felt like we didn't come out with any energy. It was a drop on the first drive, you know, that would have gotten a first down and then, you know, Virginia pretty easily moved the ball down the field for a touchdown. And it's like, okay, now, now, now we're kind of, you know, we've made a mess of things. Like you want to come out and, and impose your will a little bit and get that foothold yourself. Now at that point, Virginia is able to play their slow game. Like if you get a couple of scores up, they do have to change the around. I thought the same thing happened in the second half after the pick six. Uh, you know, Canes had their only lead that they would have until the uh, until the overtime. Um, that's where you got to kill the game off instead. Defense allows them to march all the way down the field. 
and and um and take the lead and then or tied. I guess at that point it was uh they kicked a field goal I want to say they cut it to four and then we're gonna talk about Van Dyke separately, but there was a pick around midfield and you know they're back in the end zone, they have the lead back all of a sudden. Like despite scoring two touchdowns in the first five minutes of the third quarter, the Canes only won the third quarter by four points. You know, those are those are points where you can kill the game off and it I still think that's what I think this team competes. I think there's a lot more talent than there has been. Um, a lot of it's younger, but there's playmakers. I I think that the killer instinct of like seizing the game, putting it away, that's still not there. They still leave teams in games and and that bites you. Um even, you know, North Carolina, as much as that turned into a disaster in the third quarter, that first half, it's fourteen to seven after the Canes scored um, and, and they couldn't, they couldn't get off the field. It was a touchdown drive. And then again, you know, those are, those are parts where you really got to dig in and try and, 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 and get a foothold and put the game away and just couldn't do it and couldn't do it here either. And and that, that to me was as bad as the team played the whole game. Like you said, the pick six is a gift step on their throat right now. You've kind of undone all of that damage for the first uh, for the first thirty five minutes of the game, because you you got your your ten minutes left in the third quarter, and and you're somehow ahead. Now's where you just all right, just let's step on their throne. Instead, the opposite happened. To me, that was really disappointing. Um, because because again, and that's why I know most of scrutiny is going to go on the offense and especially the quarterback. But you know, that's where the defense needs to step up and and you know force a punt and that to allow the the to allow the uh, the offense to come back out and make it a two score game, like never able to do that, and so you know those are those are the things I guess is the maturation of the team. They'll they'll get better at doing that, but to me that was it wasn't it was not surprising at all to me that after watching the first few possessions that we were in for a fight because you know that that's how that's how Virginia plays. If you if you let them hang around, the teams that that hand, and they have been blown out multiple times this year too. Like they are two and six, but those teams jumped out early and kind of stepped on them, and, and we didn't do that. Yeah, I think you know it's hard to say why that is. I mean, it, it definitely happened. I think sometimes we tend to sort of put it on the players and say. Oh, they were just low energy. They were overlooking the opponent, not taking it seriously. But, you know, I think sometimes it's not so much that because I don't actually think the guys are out there loafing. Um, there was some, there were some less than complete efforts, particularly like, you know, the first, their first drive of the game. I thought some of the tackling was really poor and, and finishing. Um, but there's also like, I, I think some of this is just on the coaching and the approach and strategy. Like, I don't think that game, it, it wasn't one where we were sort of coming in with play calls and game plans to, to be aggressive. Right. And I think the players know that they know what the scheme is. They know what the plan is going to be coming in. And I'll tell you, our defense was not there to, to bring pressure and to kind of move the line of scrimmage back. You know, that was not the defensive strategy this week. Um, and it felt like, you know, the la in last week against Clemson, that, that that was a little more 
a parent and maybe it was the desperation of knowing we were playing with a backup quarterback and the defense just had to be ultra aggressive and and win win yards and win, win field position so the the tactics might have been different I don't know but it just like our defense wasn't awful so I don't want to you know but it's not like they got they gave up like 600 yards or, or anything like that I mean it wasn't wasn't totally terrible but they just failed to they didn't play up to the same standard of the week before and I think that was surprising like the defense that played against Clemson you know you figure if that if that's legit then we should just be throttling teams and instead we got you know we got pushed around a little bit we couldn't cover one of their receivers and I think that was like a scheme thing too they're pretty creative in the ways they got in the ball towards the end I think we started to get the hang of it a little bit better but there were times throughout the game where it would just you know they were moving him around formations they were they were getting him in matchups they wanted and that was their offense and then it just quarterback runs we got we allowed two touchdowns to running backs in the red zone on you know situations where we had down and distance advantage and we should have been able to to keep them out so just kind of a surprising like when you you know you say not seizing the moment I think there were a lot of moments to seize that we didn't we just never really rose the occasion until the very last possible moment and I think that's yes on the players but also just prep strategy and and uh game plan and making the right adjustments I, I just thought we were a step behind this week Yeah, and I think that that's a good way to put it. Like we tend to conflate everything with effort. It was just it was a little lethargic, a little step behind, and that makes a big difference in a lot of what we saw defensively with the uh, some of the tackling. It wasn't that you know there were a lot of complete whiffs, although there was a bad one on the first drive that kind of extended it. Otherwise, they would have had to settle for three points. Um, but it was a lot of you know could have held them to to two yards. They got five six. A lot of, oh, we got them right a yard short of the first down. They're able to extend across to, to convert a third down, right? There was a lot of that. And a lot of that is just a step slow. Your leverage is off, right? It's not, it looks like it's, you know, energy and, and all that. But it is just, you know, a, a half step off makes a huge difference when you're tackling because it, it adjusts the leverage um, and, you know, how you're able to plant to drive through the tackle. And that's why... You know the running back can fall forward instead of backwards and we actually we did see that in the overtime like you said two big tackles in a row uh one by uh kinchins one by james williams held them and forced them to kick a field goal um that that the in the, the course of the regulation part of the game those tackles aren't happening that cleanly it's not that they would necessarily be completely missed but they weren't happening that cleanly which then allowed you know, then they would have probably converted that with the same tackling from the rest of the game. So it is, it's an interest, it's, it's, it's just a, the little things here and there. And like you said, I, I don't want to accuse the, the coaches, particularly offensively, of not necessarily viewing Virginia as a threat. But once again, I think it might have been in the second quarter. Like, I don't, we, we ran this little in short yards, this little pitch. It was basically an option, but Van Dyke was never going to actually run it 
to uh, Fletcher and he dropped the ball, but it was like an awkward play. It's like, or you could just hand the ball off. And to me, it, it reminded me of the Georgia Tech, the first possession where he called that weird little option thing there instead of just like running it. Um, and and I, I think it was, and, and you don't, you know, he doesn't, you don't do stuff like that against Clemson or AM where you, you think you've got to make more of a dent, right? And it's just, I, I thought there was a little bit of unseriousness at the beginning of the game. And then once you're in a game, you're in a game. I thought, I thought, you know, maybe flat, maybe a little tentative, whatever you want to call it. And then obviously it did not help that, you know, big, big, big shot to Mark Fletcher for, for finishing the game strong and carrying us over. But, you know, essentially ran out of running backs other than him. So it is it, that, that certainly didn't help either, but um, yeah, it was a struggle. But I guess we should uh, talk about the thing everyone's talking about. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I got your opinion in real time on Saturday, but uh, do you have uh, thoughts on the quarterback play against Virginia? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's disappointing to say the least. Um, but it's another aspect where I think it's just a failure. It's an organizational failure. It's not it's not necessarily just like a failure of TVD. Like he, I, I, I've a, I've a bigger problem with some of the decisions he's making than like his poor execution at throws. Like the first pick was there's an opening there. He takes it. He takes the chance. They could have actually thrown a shorter pass someone else, but he makes the decision to take the shot and it's the shots open. He just makes a terrible throw. Maybe that's partly like rust, injury, whatever. Um, But that's just like a physically bad throw. And the other mistakes were just complete brain cramps. Like you can't make those kinds of decisions. I guess my problem is less with like him because I don't know that some of these issues are new. Like he's been clearly having a problem recently reading coverages. Um, and he's been trying to, you know, when he forces balls downfield, it's a disaster. I mean, he's, there've been a lot of throws in the double, triple coverage where guys aren't open. He's trying to fit it in, whatever. And he just can't get away with it. My bigger issue is like, you know, the strength of our team is the offensive line. They're really, really good. And we kind of take the game out of their hands. Like we threw more than we ran in this game, just as an example. And they were frankly, like it kind of giving us the run. Like there were a lot of light boxes in this game. They were playing this zone coverage and, trying to confuse them. I mean, they watched the Georgia Tech tape and they kind of brought that game plan. And we just weren't like stubborn enough to run into it. And I think we're setting up the quarterback for failure by doing that. And like, you you know, one thing I was ranting about on Saturday was like, he just shouldn't even be allowed to be making these throws that he's making. That's, That's like problem number one to me. It's like, is that him or is that the coaching and the play calling? Like, like why are we putting him in a situation where 
we're throw, you know, we're making these downfield throws in situations where we don't need to, and we could just be patient and and just keep running it, and we'll win. You know, these the 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 line is so good and, and just moving people, and I mean, it should be pretty simple. Like, we should probably be in formations with a little more flexibility to run as well as pass. And then if they've got six in the box, just run it. If they got seven in the box, run it. You know, we can block that and we can run it. And instead we've, we're throwing in a lot of situations where like they're ready for it. And I, I just think that's like, that's something that I think has been a consistent problem for Dawson the last few games, like he just can't help himself. Even against Clemson, it was almost like, at, you know, at some point in the second half, like it was almost like, all right, we're not passing anymore. You're not allowed to call pass plays. <laughs> and that, that kind of saved the game. But even against, you know, North Carolina, whether the, the stat sheet was good, I don't think we controlled the game as well as we could have with our offensive line and Georgia tech, same thing. Like, and then, yes, it is TD's fault that he makes these like colossal errors. And I, like, I'm a, I'm a little bit old. I don't know if it's old school, but like, I to me, you can't, you just can't do that. Like, we can't have that many interceptions. Like, it is not acceptable for the quarterback to be throwing even one pick a game, let alone multiple, which he's he's starting to do with some regularity, like, that's just not cool. Like, we can't do that at all. Um, so I'm not advocating that he shouldn't play. Like, I think that's idiotic. He is the best quarterback on the team, uh, unless he's, like, completely mentally shot or he's physically injured. There's no reason he shouldn't play. And I don't think and, and either of those things are true. That being said, the days of like going five wide and putting the ball in his hands and like saying win this game for us, those days should be over. Like we should be playing a much more physical, conservative brand of football in some ways and then take our shots when we get them because we've got, that's the strength. The O-line is awesome. Like take advantage. it's, it's, It's amazing. Like for how many years have we been complaining about not having a good O-line. Now we have one and we're just pissing it away. <laughs> so we should be, you know, run the ball, punt it if you need to. A punt is better than a pick and let let the defense do its thing. And I think that, again, like, you know, when you look at like the NFL, for example, a team like the Baltimore Ravens, they have this culture of just, we're going to be a physical defense. We're going to run the ball. And it's a cohesive sort of team environment. Like, this is how we're going to win games. And sometimes they'll flash it and they'll they'll explode and Lamar Jackson will have a huge game and they'll put up a bunch of points. But sort of the fundamental tenet is we're going to win this. We're going to win with physicality. And I think when you scheme and you kind of approach the game that way, then the players play that way on both sides of the ball. And then it starts to open things up. And we just seem to be like, coming right out of the gate. Like I couldn't believe how many five wide sets we had. Like you and I'd be watching them and be like, all right, this needs to be a running play. And all of a sudden you look up and there's nobody in the backfield. It's just like, it, it, it's just kind of like 
a real head scratcher. So I know Dawson's like the air raid or whatever. I don't really care what you call the scheme. There needs to be more running plays just involved in it. And that will take the pressure off the quarterback. Like he, it's not fair to put him in a situation where it's like drop seven in coverage and he's got to try to throw the ball. Like you're setting him up for failure. And I feel like we're doing that a lot. Yeah, I guess on the last point though, this is where I, I kind of disagree with your with the with with um, overall that we necessarily need to run a lot more. I think it's it's picking our spots better. Um, I do. I mean, in terms of uh, passes, we attempted what was it thirty passes and twenty six runs? Like that is not right, right? We should, especially the way that game was going. Like, there's no reason we should have thrown more than we ran, but. I do think it's really important we put TBD in positive passing situations. What I mean like that is, by that is, you know, throw on some first downs, you know, just easy pitch and catch plays. We did a little bit of that in the, in the, um, in the, in the fourth quarter and moved the ball a little bit doing that. Um, we did have some short yard success in five wide, but again, those are easy throws where you can just, you know, get the ball out and that'll help him build his confidence. I think, we did a lot of running on first down, which is fine. Again, I, I am definitely a proponent of we need to be a majority run team, frankly. Um, like, Virginia ran 45 times. We need to be doing some of that. Um, but I do think rather than waiting for it to be a passing situation <laughs> and then saying, hey, go make a play, and then that's when you run into exactly what you're talking about, seven, eight guys in coverage and – he struggles to get through his projections and projections and get the ball out. Um, yeah, throw some on first down. You know, maybe take your shots in short yardage, not in 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 um, in in obvious passing situations. And so, I think there just needs to be a little bit better of tendency breaking, so that they aren't dropping all those guys in coverage. Um, and then once again, you know, if it builds his confidence up, we've seen him make every throw he can think of, right? And so, um, to me, it's just more he's he's clearly I don't I don't know if his I think it was it's a leg injury, so it really shouldn't be affecting. I know you you also throw with your legs, but frankly, that first interception he threw was one of the worst passes I've seen a quarterback throw here, and we've had Kirby Freeman and stuff here, but that was just it was underthrown by ten yards and. Everyone's kind of going in. I was like, oh, he's forcing it to a strap. He isn't forcing anything. Dude was open, could walk into the end zone. He underthrew it severely. Um, like, I know there was a check down. I think Arroyo was also out in a route a little bit further down the field. It's like, if he underthrows any of those by 10 yards, they're not complete either. And they're, some of them are probably intercepted too. It was just a bad throw. But I don't know if it's in his head or, or what's going on there. But that was by far the worst game he's he's played here. I mean, he's made mistakes, but he's also made, I can't recall a game where I was like, kind of didn't make any good throws. I mean, there was, there was one to Colby Young um, in the, in the, I want to say the, the third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter. And there was definitely the one on the last field goal drive to Restrepo that he dropped in nicely. Other than that, like I, I struggled to even remember like good throws he made and that that's pretty rare. And he completed 66% of his passes. So you'd figure there'd be more in there. It was just, it was a struggle. Um, and so he, he he's gotta be better. He's got, they gotta figure out a way to get his confidence up. The other thing is, you know, it's okay to throw the ball away. I feel like a lot of the mistakes he's making are 
no one's coming open initially and rather than just and again the first interception to me was almost an anomaly it was such a physical error on the throw that whatever i mean as far as if you're going to underthrow receivers that badly then you know no play works and no pass works so i kind of flushed that one but the other other one the one other one he threw and then the one that should have been thrown those are ones where he's got plenty of time in the pocket no one's really coming open and rather than just eat it or throw it away he decides he's going to try and force a play. Like those are ones where I'm I'm hoping Dawson's coaching him up here and say, "Hey, just throw the ball away." Especially the the, the second interception when actually caught. That was a, that was a point in the game where the Canes were up. They got a good kick return from Ray Ray. Look, they didn't move the ball. They got stuffed on the run too, right? And they were trying to throw on third and long. There was nothing open. Like you can look at the replay. There's no one open there. Just just throw it into Rosie and punt. You're on the forty. You're you're on your own forty one, I think forty two. Pin them back, win the field position battle, get the ball back in a good position, and then finish the drive basically on the next drive. Um, and instead, he throws a pick that gets run back into our territory, and now they're short field. They t- they take the lead on that touchdown, and those are the. That's one I know he's it's his third year starting. You should know better, but. You know, to me, that's some of the coaching that needed to happen this week. We'll see on on Saturday how it how it went. But hey, throwing the ball away is fine, right? Like, even if, if your checkdown's not there, whatever, just throw it away. It's fine. Like that is fine. Punting is okay in situations where there's no one open. You don't have to make a play on every play. And I, I think he he's guilty of that quite a bit on some of these, where it's just like I'm going to force this ball in there. It's like no, just just. Just throw it away, punt. It's fine, and so I think that's where I I I would hope there's some coaching there. Like he shouldn't gotta get him out of the habit of forcing things that aren't there. And I don't think that first interception is one of those. I think it's just a miss, bad throw. Um, but most of his interceptions are kind of <laughs> him trying to fit the ball into tight spaces where there isn't really. You know, you're like, you try to throw through that. And sometimes he'll hit those and, you know, because he's very talented, but it's it's a risk reward thing. And it's just, it's just not worth it at this point. So I'm hoping, you know, all those things are, are being coached this week. And yeah, just, you know, roll out of the pocket, throw the ball away. You, you get to do it for free. And I think simple things like that can cut down the turnovers because then, again, we have this kicker where if you kind of get inside the 40... You're you're kind of good there, um, and so you know don't don't make stupid mistakes because it's costing points. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that's where it's like a little bit of a mindset thing. Like the approach the game needs to be to protect the football at all costs and take points and take take what's given and um. It's hard because we've, like you said, we've seen him make all these throws and have this success before. And I'm sure the coaches kind of fall in love with that too and and want to unleash it. But um, I just don't think he. I mean, the way he's playing right now, I just don't think that's a good idea. And look, it's you. It might just be you mentioned the leg injury. I mean, he got hit a lot in that North Carolina game, and it's possible he's just working his way through it. I mean, if he's not a hundred percent healthy, that's going to affect his throws, but also just maybe reading defenses and trying to, you know, he's just not as confident, not as put together when he's not feeling a hundred percent. And so 
I mean, I'm hoping we see some improvement as he continues to heal. I mean, he was basically untouched in that game, except for a, I think the only time was a face mask penalty that wasn't even called. Um, so hopefully he's healing up and and get getting healthy. Because, um, you know, like he can prove that he can handle the the responsibility of like opening it up, then I think that's fine. But I think the approach has to be selective, take, take what's there and, you know, play the long game so that we can take advantage of our defense and special teams and particularly our, our kicker to win the game. That's a perfectly valid way of winning the game that I don't think we've really embraced. Yeah, um, I think it's 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 hard if you can't make throws that that are there, and I think that's you know the concern here. But he's he's just got to be better. We can't. I I don't think we can. We obviously can't survive another performance like the one he had against Virginia. But I also don't think we can survive without him actually making plays as well. Like him game managing it is is not going to be good enough against the the upcoming schedule. I guess the last thing before we kind of pivot to the upcoming schedule in, in North Carolina State this weekend, um, the state of the running backs. So Henry Parrish got a couple of carries, didn't look right um, at all. Um, Cheney didn't play, injured. Um, AJ Allen, we haven't even wow, we haven't even talked about the spectacular uh, touchdown run he had, leaping over a safety taking it to the house to finally get the Canes tied. And then obviously a pick six on the next play by Kinchins put the Canes ahead. He got injured on that play, pulled something. He's allegedly going to be fine. Cheney's allegedly going to be fine. Parrish is going to be fine. Obviously Fletcher finished the game. Um, So these are all things that were said in the press conference about the three. So I guess one thing, what is your confidence? We're actually going to have all of these running backs available on Saturday, because I do think it's a lot to ask a true freshman. Like, I, I think we're both in agreement. We need to be a run first team. We need to be run heavy. I mean, we need the running backs to do it. And so I, I'm curious. If, I mean, it's so hard to believe anything coming out of the that the press conferences now because, you know, they've, they've said things and on game day, it's something different. Last week, Mesidor was getting close after the game on Saturday. Coach Cristobal says out for the year which is obviously a blow for the team. So it's just, it feels like nothing is, is really what it seems, but I think we need at least one or two of those guys back if we're going to effectively run the ball. And apparently Citizen is also fully healthy, but obviously has never carried in college before. So don't know if they would force him out there, but if everyone's still injured, he might have to play. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, we need the depth and we need bodies to be able to, to play that kind of strategy um, where we're going to run the ball a lot. And I, I don't know what to believe. Like, for all we know, you know, Don Chaney might be out for the year. It's just, it's just really hard to, to believe anything that's, that's being said. But I think my guess is that Parrish wasn't a hundred percent, but they, they tried him out a little bit. It didn't go so well. And that he'll be back healthy, hopefully fully recovered this week. And, you know, 
Cheney seems like a question mark. So does Allen. So then that leaves Fletcher. Um, and even if it was just, you know, <laughs> just him and maybe, maybe a 75% healthy parish. I mean, I think we just got to roll with that and like hope the line blocks well and, and we get those guys some carries and look the, the point is to run to set up the pass. So not that we should never pass the game, but like you said earlier, we want that to be closer to equal or a little bit tilted towards the run and not, not passing more than we're, we're running. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think, it, I think the key is really, it goes back to the line. If the line, the lines like the other, you know, quote unquote running back, right? Like if they're able to, to do their jobs and, open up holes then that'll just make the running back personnel a little less a little bit less relevant um i do hope citizen comes back and is able to play soon because i've been wanting to see him what he looks like um but i wouldn't expect even if he was able to play wouldn't expect much i mean he had a brutal injury it's first game whenever he plays his you know first college game and he's going to need to build his confidence just yeah i'm sure like rehabbing and stuff is is nice but um getting fully confident with that recovery that injury is going to take a while but we got to roll with what we got you know and you know brashard smith or you know whoever else can steal a few carries here and there you know why not Yeah, and and Sisson is extremely talented. I I do wonder if you know if Parrish, Cheney, Allen are not healthy. If you don't, hey, you get into some carries here. Um, but this week in particular, I mean, we're talking a lot about running the ball. Um, this opponent, NC State, um, starting with we'll start with their defense because we've been talking about our our offense and how they play play in this game. Um. Their run defense is very strong. Um, it's the strength of their defense. The pass defense, not so much. Um, they are they are a uh, they're a strong run run defense. Like I said, the only time they really gave up a lot of rushing yards was against Duke, but Duke ran at carried thirty times for one hundred ninety four yards. Um, Louisville only had twenty yards rushing. Clemson had one hundred and one last week. Um, but meanwhile, against the pass, you know they routinely give up two fifty plus through the air. So does feel like the pass is kind of the more attackable part of 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 this this defense um so i guess you know let's start there how patient would you i guess it also depends on the other side of the ball what the score is but like if they're coming up to play the run like i feel like you gotta open it up and, and let tvd go to work there even if you know we'd all prefer to just run the ball I think it depends on on how they're doing it because if they're really selling out to stop the run, then yeah, throw. I mean, but then you should be getting favorable matchups, one on one coverage, and like much easier throws for him that we know he can make. Like if a guy's isolated and he's got like he's just throwing to somebody, um, yeah, obviously he had the bad throw this week, but. Generally, like that's easy for him, and he, and that's where he excels. I think if they're 
if they happen to be stopping the run with six guys in the box, then I think we're just totally screwed. So um, I think that's the thing, like take what they're giving us. If they're going to, if they, if they're able to stop the run with like base personnel, um, then that's, you know, kudos to them. I guess that's just, that's just good by them. But given what you said about the stats and how they, they sort of, you know, they, they're pretty good against the run, but not so good against the pass. It makes, it does sound like they're tilting their scheme towards the run a little bit. It's not just that they're, you know, happen to have a really good run defense or personnel for it. Although they do. I mean, we know that linebacker Peyton Wilson has been, been there seems like forever and is a really good player. So they, and, and I know they've got other good players, so they've got talent, but, if that's what they're doing, then, you know, I think, I think we let TBD throw in those situations. I just don't like predetermining what we're going to do. Um, and, you know, just like slinging it all over the place, which is what, what it felt like we were doing last week. Yeah. And, and he can, and he, he does seem to do well on deep balls, balls down the field. So they're really packing the box. I, I would take shots down the field and, you know, even I hate to to bring this up, but you know, if you throw a 30, 40 yard pass and it gets intercepted down there, oh well. Right. It's a lot less less painful than driving and forcing it into coverage or throwing it underneath and getting it picked. The other the other side of the ball though, that's where NC State is really struggling this year offensively. So, you know, coming into the year, they got Brennan Armstrong to transfer in. He's obviously had success in the ACC over his career. Everyone, you know, thought this would be a leap for it offensively. He's already been benched. MJ Morris is now their quarterback, but um, they are not. They 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 are not. Um, they are not good at all offensively. In fact, you know, last week they won. They had two hundred and two yards total. Um, this is a team that is really struggling offensively. Um, in ACC play, they have not gone over 350 yards. Um, so I, I think this is <laughs> this is one where we just talking about the offense where they need to open it up. If NC State is is you know playing the run, I think this is one where again we got to put on the defense to keep NC State in check, thereby allowing the Canes to to be patient offensively. Right? There's there's no real excuse for giving up a bunch of scores to this team early and falling behind given the uh, the offensive output we've seen. Again, it's been more of a, um, you know, uh, it's been more of, of um, MJ Morris, you know, because Brennan Armstrong has been play, played so poorly, had a negative interception to touchdown ratio. That's kind of what brought um, MJ Morris into the fold versus him playing um playing at a high level or, or anything like that and and actually Brian Armstrong is still NC State's leading leading rusher. So this this is an offense that's really struggling. The record is pretty good 5 and 3. Um they're they're 2 and 2 in the ACC so they're tied with the Canes there but uh, this offense is just really not 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 worked and I think it's going to be key for the for the defense to really shut this team down. Don't don't allow them to do what Virginia did and and really take the pressure off the rest of the team because this is this is a matchup. You really should expect the Canes to dominate. 
Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I think the defense, we, we should be comfortable leaving the game in the hands of the defense um, this week. But, you know, we probably felt that way even against you know, Georgia Tech. And they made, and the defense played great in that game, but they just made enough plays to, to you know, stay in there and turn the tide when they needed to. Now, difference, you know, Georgia Tech had a real quarterback. <laughs> so it makes a, makes a big difference. NC State is struggling to fill that role. Um, between that kind of tumult and not having a consistent running game, you got to feel pretty good. Um, the one thing they do have this really good receiver conception, um, and, you know, presumably they're going to be, um, you know, looking for ways to get him into favorable matchups. Um, they've seen other teams do it against the hurricane. So I'm sure they're going to follow that blueprint, maybe move him around, try to, find ways to get him involved. So we just need to be sound on that and you know, hopefully not leave him, hope you know, succumb to just getting into really one-sided matchups where he's going against a, you know, a safety or a linebacker or something. And we just need to be a little bit smarter about it. And then tackling, like just establishing that physical presence and tackling you know I think we do those things and not turn the ball over on offense so that you know they're not sort of set up in a way to to score easily you know you gotta like our the ability of our defense to have a good showing in this game yeah and and you know that again that's a matchup if the Canes lose that they're probably gonna lose the game the other thing um, we mentioned uh, Borgalis is a, is a really good, obviously, if might be, might win the Groza Award, to be honest. But um, NC State's also got a good kicker. Braden Narvison made all of his extra points, but also 9 of 11 on field goals, has a big leg. So, you know, these are two teams that will not be afraid to attempt a long field goal. Um, just to, to recap, the game is at 8 p.m. on Saturday night on ACC Network. Uh, you and I will be in the stadium for that. Uh, we haven't watched a game together. We we did the math on it. We we hinted at this last week, but it is the uh, the 2018 Florida State game, the Incosi Perry comeback. So it's been a bit since we've been in a stadium. We obviously watched last weekend's game together in your living room, but uh, been a been a bit since we've gone to a game together. So looking forward to that. Rohit, are we going to walk out of that stadium happy? Uh, what's your prediction for Saturday's game? Well, I I think we will. Um, I think it's going to be a tough, tough matchup um, just because, like, that's how these things go these days in, in the ACC. Um, but we've had a pretty good run against these guys, not that that carries over, but we've had, you know, tight a tight win against them a couple years ago. Um we had the kind of thrilling, you know, Mike Hartley game um, against against them, you know, in the COVID season. So on a pretty good streak, like against them, it just just like the Georgia Tech and Virginia games seem to tend to go sideways 
for us, this this matchup seems to to tilt a little bit towards us for whatever that's worth. But in all seriousness, I think I think the I, I think the um, fact that we I just have strengths on both sides of the ball. The defense is solid. I wish we were 100%. I wish we didn't have the injuries we had, but what's left is still really solid and sometimes dominant. The offensive line is dominant. The quarterback, if he can be put in the right situations, is really good. He, you know, we we have that balance across the board, and I just don't think they do. I think I think their defense is is very good, not elite, but very good. And, you know, their offense is really struggling. So you put those things, you just look at it objectively, like we should be able to to come out on top. I think we're going to have a hard time scoring just because we have been, you know, it's like maybe this is the week we, we open it up and score a bunch of points, but we have just been struggling to, get out of the 20s in, in any of these games. And I don't think that's going to be any different here. Um, so I think it's a tight game, but I think I think we win like 24-20 or something like that. It could be even lower scoring than that, to be honest. But um, I, I do think like it's just a, it's a little bit of a better matchup for us. They – yeah, they they're coming in off a big win against Clemson, where they kind of did what we did this week against Virginia. They got outgained and um, sort of outplayed in, in many ways, but took advantage of turnovers and made the plays they needed to. And um, that was that that was the difference. So a little bit opportunistic, but probably going to be another one of those like you know annoying sort of tight. ACC games that you wonder wonder why the game is close. Shouldn't we be better than them? But we have to start realizing we're not better than anybody. We just need to find a way to execute and win these games. And I think we'll do that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think anyone, and this is why when when everyone was kind of like after against Virginia was like, I can't believe we're in this game. Like, what 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 program have you been watching the last twenty years? Of course, we're, we're a tight game here. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think we'll win a little bit. So just uh, some numbers. It, I believe that the line is, I want to say it's Miami by four and a half. Yeah, Miami by four and a half. Um, and I, I like this matchup for the Canes. I, I, I like that Virginia kind of. Str- I mean that North Carolina State kind of struggles offensively. Um, they're, they're not a big pass team either, and I, I think. You know, overall, our run defense has been excellent. Um, and I, I think TBD will play well. Um, the thing is, we, we got to avoid giving up big plays, the chunk plays, because that's how, you know, you, you, you're uh, you're <laughs> looking at the stat line. I mean, Clemson dominates NC State across the board on the stats, much even much more lopsided than ours against uh, Virginia. But, you know, they, they got a pick six, they caught a deep pass, there's 14 points, right? And I think that's where, um, you know, we got to be careful with the ball. But I think I think TBD will play well. Um, and I think uh, I, I think the Canes will, uh, will um, 
will will come out with a 30 to 17 victory i'll go with i think i think there's gonna be some touchdowns finally i think there'll definitely be field goals you know with mario involved we're gonna kick some field goals um and uh and i, I think this will be a, a good solid road win well breaking the 30 point barrier would be really nice um so let's, we, let's we did two that. games ago. It's not like it's been all. No, it it's just you know in conference that that game we did do it um, barely, but in conference play we've just been stagnant. I mean, three out of four games have been well. One didn't have the quarterback as much as we criticize TVD. Like you know, yeah. that just goes to show like you know the difference in the offense when he's playing versus when he's not, but um, yeah, it, it would be nice to just look a little bit more like we were early in the season. I know the competition's different and stepped up, but just, just the execution and even like the scheming and, and whatnot just seems like it's totally different now. It'd be nice to get back to what we were doing before. Yep. Um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see on, on Saturday night. It, it will be a, it's a cold one. So uh, let's hope the players are prepared for that. It is, is going to be, uh, I believe in the, well, I'll do a quick check now. I believe the last I saw at night, it's going to be in the um, the 40s. But let me do a quick uh, quick check there. Um, it is Saturday high is 67 uh, during the day, night 47. So... Yeah, lows in the lower 40s. So this is going to be a uh, <laughs> little bit chilly for our for our players. It should be it should be all right, bearable, but but you know, for us in the crowd, it's going to really suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll have to power through that, man. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll uh, I guess before we before we uh, we sign off here, we should you know mention that the ACC has once again had to update their scheduling model and. Bro, with Virginia Tech is back on the schedule. Yeah, a rivalry game back. <laughs> yeah, remarkable. I mean, that... it's it's just hilarious when like it wasn't wasn't one of the protected matchups when they were protecting every matchup you could possibly think of, and then when they <laughs> whittle it down to only protect a select few to maximize scheduling flexibility it suddenly reappears so yeah there, obviously there is, realized well yeah this is this just shows you um you know we somewhat sarcastically accused them in the previous scheduling model of only caring about the basketball schools the carolina schools and not really like paying attention to the rest of the conference and the fact that they apparently didn't know that this was a rivalry last year when they did this and then they saw the outrage from basically everyone in the Virginia Tech fan base in the Miami fan base and just anyone that follows college football and now like you said they didn't have to there was no like set number of games they were protecting they just said these are ones we have to have every year and some teams have three some have two some have one actually Louisville and, and Georgia Tech have zero and they picked this as one of the two games for us the other one obviously being Florida State kind of that's as close as the ACC is ever going to get to admitting they completely screwed up last year. And again, too much basketball focus, too much basketball focus. And that was, that's very clear from 
the fact that they all of a sudden like now a year on realize you know what that's a game that we have to have it's it's kind of pathetic and ridiculous but glad to have it it's, so it's only gonna be a one-year hiatus so next year uh next year the canes host virginia tech and florida state so this is back to bro this is like back to back when we were in school um and uh both florida state and virginia tech are home and road the same year yeah on years and off years yep. um which is just like you know i mean there were just seasons when you knew you were gonna have a brutal schedule because both those games were on the road and and we're back to it we got lucky when they reworked the schedule i don't know what it was like six or seven years ago and they split we got to, i think we got to play virginia tech two years yeah, we played them at home at twice one point right, yeah. and, and that got it split but you know what i don't care i'd rather just play them i don't care if we well, it, it would be better if it was balanced but it's okay it's well i fun. think i think in, in this in this in this case, I'm pulling this up now. I'm pretty sure we talked about this on the show on, on Monday, but I think there's a, yeah, next year we have um, at USF, God knows why, at Florida. So it's probably good we have these games at home. Um, and obviously, I guess we kind of buried this a little bit, but we are traveling to uh, Cal next year. That is our, uh, basically what they said for football is you'd have to travel at most once every two years cross country. So it's at Cal for us. Uh, next year we're at SMU in 25, which is not obviously not cross country. And then at Stanford in 26, um, those are the, uh, those are the, uh, the, uh, the, the travel across the country games. Um, and then we don't travel again to California until 2029 when we play at Cal again. So um, there has been some, uh, some um protections there in terms of the travel we also just for some other stuff i mean these things are so fluid you don't you don't know you know <laughs> that these contracts will hold but um 20, 2025 usf and florida return trips to to miami as well as notre dame at home so that's that's going to be a good home schedule because that's again when bt and fsu turn back into road games um 26 at South Carolina at Notre Dame. The Notre Dame one was originally um, next year, but um, given that we're already at Florida and at USF, um, that didn't make any sense. Um, Blake James. Um, 27, we get the return trip from South Carolina at home. And then 29 and 30, there's a home and home with Auburn. So um, that'll be a... So there's just some some fun opponents here, and then obviously like getting to play those new teams, it's good to see that kind of extra. Um, you know, it's always nice to play different schools and different teams in, in different locations. So we're certainly going to be getting that. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Yeah, I mean, I don't like all the conference BS, but I didn't mind adding. You know, when it's either kind of kill or be killed, like. Yeah. I didn't mind adding Cal, Stanford, and SMU. I think they're good fits in a lot of ways and, like, nice places to go. Like, you know, I'm already thinking about should we go out to that Cal game? I mean, we have, we have family out there, so easy enough to make the trip the next couple of years for Cal and Stanford if we want to, which is you know, something we'll definitely think about. Yep. 
Yeah, no, those are one of the things that ACC is, is good about is most of the schools are in cities and SMU, Sanford and Cal are easy to get to by flight. Um, where if you look at the, let's just say the Southeastern Conference, every school is a pain in the ass to get to um, with the, with a few, with Vanderbilt, I think, being an exception. So, so yeah, this is, uh, this, this is, this should be a good time. Anyway, NC State this weekend, 8 p.m. ACC Network. Uh, we will be back next week to uh, break that down. And, and around 11, well, you know, if it goes like this week's game around 11, it goes like the North Carolina game around 1 a.m. maybe, we will turn the uh, page to uh, Florida State week. That is coming up next week. Um, until then, I want to thank everyone for downloading. And as always, go Canes. <laughs>